Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 131 of the podcast that was originally recorded on September 17th of 2016. Some of the games I played this week, I played a nice little dexterity flicking game called Ice Coal. We had some secret agents going around the world in covert. I also got in a little bit of Shroud of the Avatar finally, and finally placed my house down in the world. I also talked about a few of the games that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome to episode 131 of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. Hey, thanks for joining me this week. As always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can join us in some conversations over on our board game Geek Guild. We are guild number 2440. What I'm Playing Now is the guild name. Look for me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And then as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. All right. This week we have a little whipping update for everyone. I mentioned last week that I possibly have some interviews coming up and some future episodes from some of the contacts I made when I went to the Alliance Open House last week. And the first interview that I believe we're going to have on the show is it's going to be possibly in a couple of weeks, and that's going to be Sarah Erickson. She's the Director of Sales and Marketing at Renegade Game Studios. They actually are the publisher of one of the games I'm going to be talking about today in the What I'm Playing Now part of the show. Hopefully we will have her on just before the release of one of their other games that they're publishing, or I believe co-publishing actually, and that is the game called Clank. I talked about that game on last week's episode, and that was probably one of the highlight games of my weekend that I had played last week, a little deck builder that I really enjoyed. So I'm looking forward to chatting with her. Can't wait for that interview to happen, but until then... Let's jump into the few of the games I played for this week. This episode may be a little bit shorter than last week's episode due to me only having a few days since I had released the last one. I'm trying to get back onto my normal Saturday release schedule, so I figured we'll just maybe cut this one a little short, talk about a couple of the games I played on Thursday down at my board game group, and next week hopefully I'll have a few other games to talk about as well, and we'll go back to a normal episode. But the first game we went and played down at Recess Games on Thursday when I was down there, a little game called Ice Cool. And here's a game that, or here's, I guess, a type of game that I normally don't talk too much about because I'm not too sure I have too many of these, these mechanic types of games in my collection. And that is a dexterity type game. Ice Cool is essentially a flicking game. What you're doing is there is a little weighted penguin that you have that you're going to be flicking around a board through through hallways and through doorways, and you're trying to collect fish. The whole premise of the game is that the penguins are working their way towards lunch, and some some crafty little penguins have decided that they're going to try to get to the to the fish faster than other people. But there's a hall monitor that's watching for these precarious little penguins. 
So as you're flicking your way through doors and trying to collect fish, which will give you cards and it will give you victory points, and what you're working towards is the person to collect the most victory points by the end of the game will win. There are going to be a number of rounds based on the number of people. Each person is going to be able to play the hall monitor once, and then everybody else is working on their turns, is working their way trying to get the fish. So the hall monitor is going to start off in a particular square on the board. Everybody is going to start flicking their penguins around the board, and the hall monitor is essentially going to start coming after the other penguins. One of the more interesting things about this game actually is the board in the box that it comes in the box is actually part of the game board itself there are five boxes that come within this box four of them are just a little bit smaller and then one's like a half size box and you're going to be putting these game boxes together to actually make your arena i guess we could say of where you're going to be flicking your penguins if you're able to, you're able to flick your penguins pretty much just like you would any other sort of flicking game. And it's really neat the way that you can kind of put English on the penguins in that if you hit a, hit the penguins to the right or to the left side, they'll actually spin and you can put some curve and some really nice English onto the penguins. You can also flip a penguin from the top of their head and make them actually jump over a wall and land into a particular room. So what you're trying to do on your turn, like I said, you're going to flick your penguin and you're trying to work through three different doorways, which will have fish over them. If you make it through the doorway, you will take your color of fish and you will also draw a card. If you're playing as the hall monitor, you're working your way towards the other players who are trying to get through these doorways and you're trying to actually make contact with their penguins. If you do this or if a penguin actually makes contact with you as the hall monitor, you get to take their little ID card and then you also get a card at that point in time as well. At the end of the round, everybody will get their ID cards back, and I believe that the per the hall monitor will get an additional card for all the different cards he's collected. I think that was how it goes. But essentially, everybody's collecting cards on their turns. If the hall monitor knocks out all of the players before they get through all the doors, the round ends. If the penguins get all of, the first person to get all of their fish signifies the end of that round, and then another person will become hall monitor, and you just keep rotating this and rinsing and repeating, basically. So it's a really pretty simple little game, but I really enjoyed this for being a, being a light little filler type of dexterity type game and a flicking game. These aren't normal games that we play down at my board game group. I can't think of the last time we actually played a flicking game down there, but this one was actually really cool. I think the art style on the game is perfect for kids. Even some fun adults, maybe during a drinking, having having a few adult beverages would go quite well with this game, which, which would make it kind of fun. But we really had a good time playing this one. We had a three-player game going, and it was just really cool. Towards the end, several of us were getting a little bit better with our flicking, because at the beginning, some of us, for being the first time we had played it, and me not having played flicking games in quite a while, definitely took me a little while to kind of get used to that flicking, but we got it under control. We're able to get some different fish and everything and just have a really good time with this game. I had seen this game at Gen Con, but didn't get a chance to actually play it, and I'm glad one of my friends down at the game store picked it up and was able to bring it in to check out. This is probably a game that I would have overlooked probably not have even tried had it had somebody not brought it down to game night so i'm kind of glad i actually did get this one played i can say it's pretty cool very light game if you have kids this would definitely be a game that would be right up your alley and you could have a lot of fun both with the kids and adults alike that game is called ice cool check that one out
The next game that we played, as I mentioned at the top of the show, is a game published by Renegade Game Studios, and it's a game called Covert. The first couple of rounds that I had played this one, I wasn't too sure what I was thinking about this one. It took me a couple of turns to actually get the feel for this game under my belt, and then once I kind of did, I realized, okay, the first couple of rounds I played very poorly, and now I need to try to recover from. So what you're doing in this game is, this game has a ton of different mechanics in it. This game has deduction. This game has worker placement. This game has set collection. This game has programming as well. There are just a lot of different things going on in this game. And I'd say it's probably a medium type weight game, but because of everything that's going on, it is really going to make your brain think while you're playing the game. All, all different players are going to start off with three different meeples, basically agents, we can call them, that are going to be on the game board, and they're going to be randomly placed on the game board based on the card drawings that uh, comes up during setup. Everyone's also going to be dealt out several type of different cards at the beginning of the game. You're going to be given a couple of mission cards and some cipher and some code cards as well as a couple agency cards, and each person is also going to have a different agent, which has a special ability. The special ability that my agent actually had was I'm able to draw a special operations token. I was able to draw three special operations token. Unlike normally everybody else, when they took a special operation action, they could just draw one. I was able to draw three, and then I was able to decide which of those three I would keep and then put two of them back in the bag. I really like this mechanic because I tried to use the special operation tokens, I think, quite a bit more than everybody else. And I think some other people really weren't even using some of their some of their special abilities that their agent had because I think most of us were just trying to wrap our head around the rest of the game and really weren't even concentrating on that part. So we're definitely going to have to get this one to the table a second time just to try to see how those really agent cards could come into play and get a much better feel for those. So on your turn, there's also dice in this game, which I hadn't mentioned a few minutes ago, but there are dice, and each player is going to start out and roll their dice at the beginning of your turn, and then there's going to be dice placement. There are four different actions, I believe, at the top of the board that can let you possibly do a movement action, take a mission, take an agency card, or actually complete a mission. The interesting thing with dice placement in this game is the first person to place a die down in one of the different sections, and that each section has a number of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. The second person to place a die down needs to be adjacent to that original player's die or to another die that was placed there. So if I place a, a number 1 die down in the 1 spot, the next person that wants to place a die and take this type of action will need to place it either on the 6 or 2 section of that tile on the board. So you can't place a 3, 4, or 5. It needs to be adjacent. So... Somebody can place a six, somebody can place a somebody can place a one, somebody can place a six, and then somebody can place a five as long as they're all adjacent to each other. So that really makes your die rolls important because I know on one turn one of our players rolled four ones and then like a two, and most of us on our turn took all of the one spots immediately, which kind of left him with not really much to be able to do other than taking some of those special operation tokens and then pretty much just calling a quit for the quit quits for the round and then getting the first 
the first player token as far as how actions are going to be completed then. So during your turn, you're going to be able to move your agents around and however many dice you placed on the movement tile, you can pick up those dice and move your agents that many spaces and you can move all three agents that number of spaces. Each agent that you move, you will have a little cube that you will leave behind. As other players are moving around the board and they're collecting your cubes, if they collect two of your color, the last area that they took a cube from, they can then take the agency card that corresponds to the color of the section of the board they were on, which are all on the bottom of the board. So there's a yellow, there's like a purple, a green, orange, etc. They will take the corresponding color to that card, and then that card will get replenished. So at the beginning of the game, I believe the programming comes into play because you really need to start looking ahead and looking at your mission cards to see what you want to complete mission-wise. Because the goal of this game is to complete missions and to complete some of the cipher cards, which give you victory points as well. But the mission cards are the ones that are giving you the bulk of your victory points. And the mission cards are actually the part of the game that signifies the end of the game. The first person to complete six missions is going to signify the end of the game. And then there's going to be one more round where everybody can complete just one more mission if they have the the cards available that they can utilize that for. And then they can get those some points as well. After you do dice placement, there's going to be a code cracking phase where you have a couple of the cipher token or the cipher cards that are in front of you, the code cards. And what you're trying to do is there are tokens along the top of the board and you're trying to match up or basically make three numbers in a row that will match your code cards. You get to move one of these cipher tokens around on your turn. Some of the special operation tokens and some of the abilities on the cards that you have will possibly let you move too. And that's the other thing about this game. The cards can be utilized for multiple actions in this game. The cards do a multitude of things in this game. So you're constantly thinking, what do I want to use this card for? Do I want to use this card to help me finish a mission? Do I want to use this card to maybe move me to a location on the board that I need to get to to possibly finish a mission? So you're you're sitting there thinking about so many different things during your turn that you really need to be paying attention in this game and try to think ahead while everybody is doing their turn so that you're not sitting there with a little bit of analysis paralysis and extending the length of the game, which can possibly happen. We played a four-player game, and for our first game, it definitely took us a lot longer than what was suggested on the side of the box, but that was because... All of us were learning the game. It was the first time for all of us. So we all we were all sitting there and thinking, and I think a lot of us were watching what everybody else was doing on their turns and then thinking about what we wanted to do on our turns. There were a couple of times where we were able to knock out things later in the game and pick up the pace a little bit. But those first couple of rounds, we were definitely moving a little bit slower than we were towards the end of the game. I will say, the game's probably, like I said earlier, the game's probably a medium weight game, but with everything that's going on in this game and for the cards being able to be utilized in so many different types of actions, you really need to think and you really need to pay attention. And probably by the end of this game, you may have a little bit of a headache, but it's a headache that's a good headache because the game is a lot of fun. Sometimes in the dice placement games like this, I'm not sometimes a big fan of the of those, but for this one in particular, 
I really enjoyed it. I really thought that the dice worked kind of well. There were rounds where I was rolling several fives and I just couldn't get off the fives and everybody was just sitting around laughing and having a good time. And after the game ended, we also sat there and we talked about quite a bit of, you know, talked about the game for a little bit as far as what we thought the game was and how it went and how everything, you know, played through and everything. And everybody really enjoyed this game. So for Covert, if you haven't tried this game, definitely get this one to the table, check it out, and it's a game that if you like worker placement games, deduction games, programming games, and everything else that I mentioned at the top of my talk for this one, you're going to like Covert, so definitely check it out, give it a try, Covert is the game. If you look on Board Game Geek, it's Covert with the year of 2016, because there are a couple other Covert games on Board Game Geek, of course. All right, so those were a couple of the games that I played down at my game store on Thursday. I really didn't have too much time this week to play any games at home with my wife. Hopefully, we're going to get through some games maybe this weekend and during the week, so I'll have a couple other newer games to talk about next week on the podcast. One of the other games that I did spend a few hours playing was Shroud of the Avatar. I was actually able to get into game finally, start leveling up my character. I actually placed my house down finally, so all the money I spent in this game, I'm finally able, I was finally able to get my house down. My buddy Walt changed his island template over to a mountain template. So I am on a kind of like a top of a hill looking over the little lake area that we have where he has his boat in the middle of. And I had a pretty good time playing. It's There's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for me now because... I have not been playing the game as much as I probably should be, so they are changing a few things in the game, and I'm having to constantly ask questions as to how some of the different things are now working, and they have changed things that where I am normally the teacher, I am now the student in this game. And luckily, I have several good friends who are able to bring me up to speed, I guess we should say, to be able to keep playing this game. So Shroud of the Avatar, I'm having a good time with. I have my house down. Really excited to spend a little bit more time in that game as well, but we'll hopefully be talking about that for some more in some future episodes. All right, let's jump over to a few of the things that I want to play. So Terraforming Mars was actually released this week. My store had gotten in their preview copy, I think about two weeks ago. I have not had the time to sit down and actually play this, but I will be picking up my copy from the store tomorrow when I go down for Pathfinder afternoon and I can't wait to actually get this one home and get this one to the table. I keep hearing some very good things from everyone down at the store about this game. I know that the store has had a ton of pre-orders for this one, and I believe it's actually possibly being allocated as well. So if you want an early copy of this one, get down to your local game store and try to get one as early as possible. I believe towards the end of the month, I think around the 28th or something, is when the full wide release for this game will actually be available. For those of you picking up an early one, I believe you're going to be able to get an actual pre, um, promo card, which will go along with the game, which I will have tomorrow as well. I'm looking forward to playing that one. I was also looking through Board Game Geek and some of the other games that are going to be coming out. And one game that we've actually talked about quite a bit on the podcast here and has actually seen a lot of play down at my game store, Russian Railroads, a really, really good worker placement game. We also have played German Railroads, which is an expansion for it, quite a bit down at the store, is coming out with another expansion called American Railroads. So when I saw that, I had to throw that one on my list because this will be a game that I know we will be getting to the table. We have played many a game of Russian and German railroads down at the store. And every time I play this game, I learn something new about the game or a new strategy about the game. And I really enjoy that one. So American Railroads, looking forward to that. Can't wait to play that one. 
And one other game is getting another little update this week that I'm looking forward to, and that is the Batman Telltale game. I believe the second episode for that is coming out this week. I believe it should be released on September 20th, which I believe is going to be Tuesday. So I'm really looking forward to that one. I really enjoyed the first episode of that one and really can't wait to see where they're going to take this Batman storyline and get through that one. So I will probably set aside an evening here, probably not this next week, but the week after to probably just play that and knock that out in a three to four hour period, which is what those episodes usually take. So other than that, like I said, episode this week is a little shorter, but considering I just released one about four days ago, I wanted to just try to get one out and get back on a normal schedule. But until next week, hey, everybody knows what you need to do. Send me some email. Let me know what you're playing now. You need to send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. Our guild over there is guild number 2440. Just look for what I'm playing now there. On Twitter, we are at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. Our Facebook page is what I'm playing now. If you just search for that on Facebook, you will find us. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm playing now podcast. Then as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. Until next week, everybody, like I said, you know what you need to do. Go out there, go play some games, and then let me know what you're playing now. Hey, thanks for joining me this week, everybody. Have a great week of gaming, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.